Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Awesome. Today is uh, April 16th, the day after tax day, and it also happened to be session number seven, and we got full attendance because I'm looking at my screen, and I got everybody that's going to be on the call on the call. Yay, perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm five minutes late. I'm just finishing work. I got late for the call. Hey. That's okay, because you don't have a name anyhow. We, we kind of like, it's all right, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I know I'm a wise guy. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Our guest said today is session number seven. We got today and next week, and then, you know, we're done. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, one more program, if you like, that I could go support you with in terms of, like, mastering relationships versus mastering gender differences. However, we're still here, <clears throat> and I just wanted to mention that, so... So, um, uh, there were two of you that were not on the call, not on the call for long, and I wanted to know if you listened to last week's session, because last week's session on the recording was juicy and delicious. Mm-hmm. I, um, this is Annie. I um, listened to about half of it. Okay. Uh, anything you want to say you got out of it? Um, no, no. I, oh, oh, God. Oh, yeah. I got a lot out of it. I, I'm sorry I missed it because that's exactly what I'm dealing with is um, <clears throat> the the differences between what another person brings to the relationship. And, yes. like, you know, I, I, I'm i just getting so confused, and I don't see it as a contribution at this mm. moment. And then how do you, like, uh, it's just, you know, just, I don't know. I just get really confused. So I'm anyway. It was helpful. Okay, good, good. Yeah. You know, you you, you do have my phone number, so you know you, yeah. you're allowed to call me in between sessions. Shows. I know, I know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just want to remind you, you know, because you might be so overwhelmed you forgot. I just reminding you, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good, good, good. Uh, anybody else want have anything they want to say about last sessions? Uh, I don't have any questions. All right. All right, good. So it's going to move forward. All right, great. So uh, just just as a reminder, last week we talked about, you know, what uh, the best things that men and women bring to relationships, and we talked about how to tell whether a man is mature or not. Ouch. See, you know, these things here, Men don't even know how to tell if they're mature or not. <laughs> so you having this is like a leg up on guys. And then, you know, the different levels of, of, of a relationship consciousness, really, um, awareness and consciousness. I'm not going to go over it, but I just want to remind you that that's what's on last week's call, last week's session. So today uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Um, we're going to talk about uh, managing uh, relationships. <laughs> experiences, I'll tell you what that means, 
we're also going to talk about fitting into his life and him fitting into yours. And then um, if we still have some time, we're going to begin talking about relationship standards, meaning, you know, operational standards that, that work for relationships. There's relationship standards that work for a relationship, then there's standards that women need to honor that, that have nothing to do with men, but they need to honor it in order to take care of the relationship. And then there are standards that the men need to take care of that have nothing to do with you. They need to be doing it regardless of what you're doing or not. So we're going to discuss that. We're going to probably go halfway through that. Um, and then, you know, we'll finish off that um, uh, following session. But uh, so I'll start with uh, managing relationship experiences. What that looks like is um, I I remember a few years ago I was working with a caterer who's a good friend of mine. I also knew her from my men's organization. So I I work with him at three different levels. I work with him as a friend. I work with him as an employee. And I also work with him uh, as a consultant because we also had a client together that we was working with, right? So we decided let's see if we can expand this further. And um, we ended up doing a uh, a talk at the Jacob Javits Center around food because he's a caterer, his owner. And he taught me something in that in that meeting, which is um, that there are different levels of experiences when it comes to food, but really when it comes to business. As a business owner, you need to be able to take care of your customers in a certain way. And so, what he shared with me was that. Um, and he used coffee as an example, so I'm going to use the same example in a second, that there's a difference between a commodity, a product, a service, and an experience. And so in the world of coffee, he talked about coffee as a commodity is like a 100-pound bag. It's just coffee beans. It's sold on the stock market, and, you know, they're, they're doing, you know, tons and people are spending, you know, investing in it, like I said, as a commodity. So, you know, uh, at a 100-pound bag, I don't know how much it costs uh, on the stock market, but it's probably something like, you know, one set can get you like 10 cups of coffee. Let's just use that as an example. Um, when you go from commodity, which has no name, has no brand, and you turn it into a, a product, it's got a name like eight o'clock coffee or Saverin or, you know, chock full of nuts. And you buy that that ten pound box or the ten pound can or five pound can. And let's say, rather than it being one penny, get you ten cups. You know, maybe now the coffee will, between the electricity, you know, the, the the milk that you're gonna put in the sugar and the process and all that, maybe it costs you ten cents a cup because you got a product, but you were able to turn it into, you know, a cup of coffee for yourself. It's a little less, you know, work to be put in, but it's a lot less work to manage a product than it is to manage mm-hmm. a commodity. And so um, the third level um, in this area is called service. So a service would be buying a cup of coffee from a diner or from a um, uh a coffee truck on the sidewalk in front of somebody's office building. And, you know, you give them between a dollar and a dollar and fifty between who it is. You ain't got to do nothing. The coffee's already in there. They put the right amount of milk, the right amount of sugar, as long as you tell them what it is. 
and then you walk away. You know, you're not blown away, but you're able to, you know, take a minute to, to, you know, spend money, get your coffee, you keep it moving, right? And then there's the experience. The experience is where you get service, you get a product, you know, which was come from a commodity, but now you're sitting at this, you know, let's say you're going to Starbucks, probably the lowest level of a um, experience, where you go to Starbucks to feel like you're at some place that you're relaxed to, right? Or you go to, let's say, a high-level restaurant like, let's say, Tavern on the Green or the Four Seasons or whatever, and, you know, you end up spending $10 for a cup of coffee because you're in an, an oh-my-God experience. And it's one of those things where the product doesn't justify the price, because how you feel about it, how amazing the atmosphere is, the environment is, and all of that stuff is what you're actually paying for. You're paying for the memories that get created. You're paying for the level of staff, the level of service, the level of specialness that they give you. Um, you're, you're paying for the luxury. You're paying for the uniqueness. And that's the experience. It's a one-of-a-kind experience. And they don't mind charging you, and people that can afford it would rather pay for an experience than anything else because they know that very few people can do it, and it's special, it's memorable like that. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up, I'm using that as as a a concept, is because we're looking at how to manage your relationship experiences using this model, commodity, product, service, experience, and we're applying it to what you bring to relationships. So um, what women bring to relationships that men don't and men love that you do is sex, emotionality, encouragement, beauty, and vision. So the question is, are you treating sex as a commodity, as a product, as a service, or as an experience? Are you bringing beauty to the relationship in the form of a commodity, a product, a service, or experience? Tony. Yes. What's the difference again between a commodity and a product? A commodity is a is a uh, a rock that comes out of the ground. <laughs> you could call it a coffee bean. It's just some pull off the tree or wherever it comes out of, and you put it in the bag and you sell it to somebody that comes by a wholesaler, for example, oh, or a manufacturer. It's just an entity. It is a, you know, it's got no name to it. It's just a product. It's just an item, really. Mm-hmm. No brand. It's what came out of the tree, or, you know, out of the ground, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that would be a commodity. It it has no particular identity. Got it. So the question is, in oh, the wait, area... Wait, wait, wait. But wait, I don't understand still. What's the difference between commodity and product? So a commodity is not a brand, has no particular affiliation. A a product is a branded commodity. It it goes from being a coffee bean to being something that... Starbucks. Like Starbucks. Starbucks to sell, but it's but Starbucks would sell it as a product. But Starbucks is really more of an experience. It's like the lowest level of experience. Okay. You, All right, you so we're kind of we're kind of looking at uh, levels of experience here. Right. Okay. 
And so commodity products, experience, and what's the other one? Third one is service. The fourth one is experience. The highest level would be experience. Service? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right, got it, man. Um, so how many four. are there? Are there four? four. Yeah. Okay. So product, experience, and what's the fourth one? The fourth one is experience. The third one is service. What commodity, service? Commodity, product, service, experience. Okay, so what is a service? All different levels of experience, uh, different levels of of an experience, really. Um, right, that, different that, levels that, of interaction, right. And then if we look at our relationship in this manner of this sort of like progressing levels of experience, we can we can measure like how much we're giving and how much we're taking away and how much they're maybe getting out of the relationship. Exactly. Uh, Tony, I, in the coffee example, I did not understand what is a service. A service is where you would go to some place that serves coffee. They don't try to take care of you. They're just trading a made cup of coffee where you have nothing to do with drinking for your money. Mm-hmm. They're and, all and trading. Yeah, yeah, okay. And what about an experience? Is it like going to a fancy coffee shop? Well, you, you, it's not. It's more than just a coffee shop. It's like uh, when you go to a wedding, uh-huh. they serve you at the table, but the service is supposedly outstanding. The food itself is all cut above regular food. There's music in the background. There's the bride and groom that's sitting there, and you're smiling, and there's people taking pictures, and the place and is the, fancy. The ambiance, and then and then the memories you take away from it. Right. Ah, okay, okay. So like if the, our emotions are involved in that. Well. Each level, there's more and more emotional involvement. It's not like there's no emotional involvement. You know, if you think about water, you know, mm-hmm. you could, you know, you can think about water the same way. You can just go into an ocean or go into a pool, uh, a, a river, right, a, a clean water river, which you, if you can find one, good luck with that, right? <laughs> or, you know, or you could, uh, you know, go to the store and buy um you know, uh, uh, as a product, you can go to the sink and open up your tap and just throw some water in it. That would be a, a product, right? It's a product of the city of New York or wherever you're at. You know, you want a service, you can go to, you know, uh, Dwayne Reed and get you a bottle of water. That would be a product, but you could, you know, yeah, it would be a product. You go to a, 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 a hotel, you're sitting there at a conference, and they pour you water. So now the water is a service, right? You know, mm-hmm. or... You know, you could, like, you know, come home and, and have, you know, bubble bath going, you know, the steam and the, and, the, and the candles and, you know, all of that stuff, and you're having an experience with water with your man. Hmm. It's, how, it's, it's like the level of emotional involvement you could put in, but also it's memory-inducing it's special. It's how much more special can you make what you bring to relationships be so that you both benefit from it. 
See, mm-hmm. the reason why I'm even bringing this up in the first place is because a lot of times women see men as strong and they want to compete with men at that level. But that don't work because you're never going to be as strong as a guy. And even if you're as smart, he's still not going to want to relate to you like that because he, he doesn't want to look at you like that. Being with a woman who's, like, tough and rough and all of that stuff, it's like a woman being with a wimpy guy. It's like it's not what they want. You know what I mean? But now if you use your femininity, we got no defense against true quality femininity. And this mm-hmm. conversation is this conversation is designed to help you get it. Mm. I, this is really this is brilliant because this is exactly where I'm at right now. Because he's been saying like, look, you know, he's here at my house, okay, and he's doing all these things outside, like landscaping, and I hurt my elbow, so I can't really, I can't do the work that I'm normally able to do to show him like how tough I am. So then he's yeah. going through like. A man can do the shoveling. A man can do the heavy work, you know. Um, and then I'm like, he goes, and a man needs, uh, you know, a, a, like, a, I don't know, he was going through all these strong people. And then I put in, and a single mom can do it all too. And he was like, yes. But then I see right now, like, that that's me competing because I have done it all for so long. You know, and I forgot, like, how to do this part that you're talking about right now, the being special and being feminine and creating something else besides being a man and a woman. Yes. Exactly. So now, now that I believe you've got at least, you know, a general general concept around this, let's get more specific. Mm-hmm. So, how would you bring the level of experience to sex? See, because mm-hmm. most of the time, uh, particularly a woman that's a mother, you know, who's also working, the best she's going to do nine times out of ten and provides provide sex as a service. Okay, let's have sex. If she's really tired, she might just do him a favor and treat it like a product. <laughs> okay, you know, you woke me up in the middle of the night. Okay, I'm not going to turn you down. But, like, how could you have sex be an experience? How could you have it be like, oh, my God, he's like, oh, my God. He's like, he's, he, in his mind, he's got the video running, and he cannot believe that that happened. I'm going to give you an example of what an experience could look like in my own life. So um, I was dating this woman, and she wanted to go to uh, Victoria's Secret and buy something. So I put aside a little bit of money. But when she got there, she wanted to buy that thing, and then she wanted to buy some other stuff, and then she wanted to go across the street and buy some other stuff. I didn't have enough money to do that. So she did her shopping around and looking around, but she felt reduced. Because I wasn't taking care of her. I didn't have the resources. She felt like less than, you know, like I didn't take care of her, but not because I didn't want to take care of her because I wasn't able to take care of her, and that really pissed her off. Even more than me being cheap, me being broke pissed her off. So when we got home, she was looking at me and pissed off and, like, you know, I had had nothing to say. I just surrendered because I knew who was in charge of this conversation, right? And then she said something amazing. 
I could never forget it. She said, you know what? We better have sex right now or else I'm never going to get over this. And then she proceeded to blow my mind because she didn't want to get mad and she wanted to use sex to keep us from getting upset and staying upset in a relationship. Never forget it. That was an experience. That's cool. Hmm. No, stay cool. <laughs> she turned me back into a winner. Hmm. Hmm. It's not Tony, cool. your voice is breaking in between. I could hear you, but sometimes it's just breaking. Oh. Um, all right, let me, um, let me see if I can be more. I don't know if this is better, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't so. So that wasn't cool. That was amazing because it wasn't that the sex was great because the sex was great. But what it was is that she decided I'm not going to make you wrong anymore. I'm going to take care of you and us in the relationship, and this is how I want to do it. So she brought sex to the relationship as a special experience because she wanted to have a particular experience called. I don't want to be mad and mess up the relationship anymore. Mm-hmm. That's why it was like I know because I could never forget it. I've never seen a woman ever even attempt to, to do that. Never mind, think that. And so, yeah, I mean, I've had other times where you know, you know, we did something in funny places, or you know, we, you know, uh, you know, turned the room down low, and you know, all that stuff, but. Now, that was an experience I, I can never forget, you know. Like, it was playful, but it was taking care of both of our emotions at the same time. Mm. So, you know, I'm not saying you should do that, but I, I wanted to give you a, a picture of what it could look like above and beyond the skin-to-skin sensation. Mm. So if you're going to turn sex into an experience, what kind of experience would you want to turn sex into? Playful. (laughs) No, no, I just, I enjoyed that conversation. It was good. For me, I think sex is an experience too. I think it's, um, it's a pleasure and it's connection, you know? Okay. I would say make it fun, interesting. Mm. So, what's the? Let me ask you, ladies, this because um, y'all thinking as opposed to like creating or imagining, you know. So, what's mm-hmm. the? What's one of the biggest, greatest memories you have of something that was amazing, that was unbelievable? Like it doesn't matter what the topic is. You mean any experience in general? In general, not, yes. Not about this topic. I mean, I'm right. careful about my words because I'm in a room at work and I don't want to sound or say something and people come to me like, what the hell are you talking about? Okay. So then, so then you don't say nothing and let other people say something. Okay. So um, like a wow experience was... Um, definitely, um, I love to win and accomplish, like, 
getting my job offers, um, my graduate school admission, and uh, turning down a project from like a bad state to my manager coming to me and saying, wow, if there were a prize for this work, you would win, win that. Mm. And two, three months before that, he was like, okay, you have to be careful about what you're doing. I was like, okay, turning it down, like upside down, from bad to good, I really loved it. Mm. And yeah, vacation as well. I went to Puerto Rico for my birthday, lying on the beach and just enjoying the sun. (laughs) Taking a short nap over there was brilliant. Mm. And yeah, some of the times when I dated, those were also good. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah, this is Kashana. Um, some um, wow experiences um, was um, watching the beauty of Alaska. Um, another wild experience was the day that I got married. Um, mm-hmm. Another wild experience was the, the day that I became the PTA president and probably also the day I became a teacher. All of those days was like, wow. Yeah. So that that's what stands out for me. Yeah. Great. Everett, you got any? I know you got some. Um, yeah. I think um I think right now what I'm thinking of is the day that um the day I was asked to speak on behalf of the administrators for one of our deans that was leaving. It felt really mm-hmm. good and the dean told me I'm the future of the school. It made me feel really good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So um, I remember uh, a couple of times myself, well, quite a few, but I'll just say two of them. One, when I was uh, uh, working for Landmark, mm-hmm. and um, I was a facilities manager in the World Trade Center, and uh, at the end of the introduction leader program um, while I was there, um, you know, the, the one after I had completed and uh, the first one that I was on staff that completed they had us come into the room, all the staff members come in, and they acknowledged the staff members, and I got the biggest applause. I almost cried on stage. I was so inspired by that because I went out of my way in my mind to take care of them, and apparently it communicated. So that was like a tremendously special day. Um, mm-hmm. I, remember with, I remember with my high school sweetheart, um, we were living together. It was, I think it was um, New Year's Day, long time ago, <laughs> and um, – we had our house was a mess, total mess. We were both slob pigs. And uh, we walked into the kitchen to get something to eat. All we had was a half a pie, a half a pizza pie, four slices. And we didn't have anything to drink except for Johnny Walker Black. <laughs> and the, kitchen, the, the sink was packed, you know, up to, up to the gills with 30 dishes. And we sat down and we were laughing at how messed up our house was. Like, this is a. We had to kick newspapers out of the way just to get from the bedroom through the living room to the kitchen. So we're laughing at this, and then we started looking at each other. And we started to cry because we were just so happy to be with each other. Like we saw right through each other. I never knew about the be with exercise, but that was really it. And, you know, we ended up crying, 
and end up going back and having sex because, well, making love, really. That was not sex. That was making love. And just because we were just so with each other, to me, that's still like it was the most romantic moment of my life because I got seen. You know, I saw right through her. It was like like our bodies didn't even exist anymore, you know? So, like, those are the opportunities. Those are the kind of things that I'm inviting you to look at. What can you – how can you bring sex, emotionality, encouragement, beauty, and vision? How could you bring those to the level of experience that our most highest emotional state special – you can bring to your relationships. So let me give you another way of looking at this before before anybody says anything. See, you can bring beauty to sex. You can bring vision to encouragement. Like you can use these in multiple connections, multiple, like in combinations. So, um, you know, we, we turned emotionality into sex. <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, when I was, uh, you know, getting them acknowledged, you know, I, I personally was being, I felt I was being acknowledged for, uh, you know, creating stability and creating the space for opportunities for them. I'm not 100% sure what they was thinking for me, probably the gratitude or whatever, but you want to look at those five things that you bring to relationships how could you use them? Because you may not be great at You may not have the skill set to bring magic to sex because the sex is already so great. You don't even know what else to bring. You'd have to bring something else to enhance the sex. You know, just like, you know, you go to, let's say, Tavern on the Green, I'll say that one again, and, you know, they bring you coffee. There's always so good you can make the coffee. Is what do you got to do around the coffee, before the coffee, after the coffee that makes you remember the coffee? Mm-hmm. So um, let me hear what y'all are getting out of this conversation. Okay, so you are saying us how to make it an experience instead of just a commodity or a product or a service. That's correct. This is an opportunity to blow men's minds is what I'm talking about. Mm. Leave them with, oh my God. But what do you mean, Tony? What do you mean by blowing their mind? So, um, a man feels like he can live his life pretty good without a woman for the most part. Yeah, he wants to have sex, but he doesn't need her for anything, but he wants her for everything, right? So, you know, a man can live in a cave, you know, like uh, Tom Hanks in Castaway. You know, so as long as he can get food, he's healthy enough to do it, right? Yeah. But, but for us, you know, we cannot resist being with someone who we feel our life is so much better with her than without her, that we never want to be without her. And it's not like we look at somebody to make our life better, but the very fact that when we're with them, our life is better. This mm-hmm. is your access this is your access to making his life better with you than without you. See, we know we don't need you, so we just hope that what we do for you, you actually appreciate it. And we can feel That's all. We just want to feel successful. So when you're doing these mind-blowing things, when you're bringing beauty, like you're helping him look better, more handsome, you know, you're buying him clothes or you're showing him stuff, but you're not making him wrong for how he is. You're just saying... 
instead of saying, oh, you know, you should get a mustache. You could be just like, you know, I really, really, really like mustaches. You know, and wait for it to get it, right? Like like somebody did for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, not being impatient, not having your safety and security worries get in the way of of empowering him, of encouraging him. This seems like a hard conversation for y'all. Is this really that hard? Really? <laughs> yeah, for, 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 for what's coming up for me is that if you love the person, then you're going to have a certain kind of experience with them. That that's that's what's coming up for me. Um, the love has to be here first, because we're not talking about doing this with any man, you know. So love love seems to be an ingredient that must be there in order for there to be like a genuine experience during the love making process. Well, it ain't just the love making process. It's like how do you encourage him to be greater than he ever thought he could be? I think I think that maybe that's why the example's not working. Maybe because it's about like the example you get was about sex. Like, what if yeah. you gave an example about um, how we could have a create a great experience for him being successful? Can you help yeah. us out with that, Tony? Yeah, okay. that's a good way. Thank you for adding that, Danny. Okay. So what I was trying to do was go through each of the five gifts that you bring to relationships. I didn't want to stay on sex. The only reason why I kept talking about it because y'all wasn't getting it. Like, you know, it's almost as if you're saying, well, I got sex. It's funny. <laughs> okay, here's, here's what I just heard, right? Um, you know, I remember before I started coaching people, I'd be like asking women, so what do you bring? What do you what do you have that's special about you that you bring to relations? They would look at me like I was crazy. They'd be looking at me like I got a vagina. What are you talking about? <laughs> like uh, it was funny because like well, how do we make it special? Well, um, there's so many ways. I mean, it's it's like you know, there's dressing up. There's like doing it in, in strange locations. There's like. You know, doing it so many times in a row, he can't believe you still want it. It's like coming <laughs> off the M, you know, was waking him up in the middle of the night. You know, like like it's hearing him talk about his fantasies and then one day role playing that fantasy. I mean, there's just so many ways. It's like the creativity of it. So if you're thinking about vagina, you're not thinking about around the house. You're not thinking about what he likes what he loves, what he would be stunned and amazed by in terms of action. So, like, if you're just thinking about the actual penetration or the kiss and the hug, you're missing the point. Because mm-hmm. women think about they want a man to be romantic with her, but here's an opportunity for you to be romantic with him. I know, shocking consideration, but still, the fact remains that a man will accept your romantic gestures towards him if you decide that you want to do it and he's not the only one that's supposed to. But I'm going to digress. Let's talk, let's take emotionality. So, you know, you ladies are skillful at and free-flowing in your feelings. And um, 
when you're present to how special he is for you, you um, fawn all over him, your eyes get shiny, you can't stop talking, you know, you touch him a lot, you giggle, you can't just, it's just like you're, like you're lit up. It's like somebody plugged you up into a wall and turned on the electricity like five times normal. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about if you notice what you do in those times rather than just be, uh, you know, a victim of it, you know, be unconscious of it, and start looking at how you can do something about it, how you can uh, duplicate that again. Maybe you won't have quite the shiny eyes, but you could do what you would do if you had shiny eyes. Maybe what you could do is you could take, you know, the, the book, The Five Love Languages, and look at a hundred different ways you can express love through touch, a hundred different ways you can express love through words of encouragement, a hundred different ways you can express love through gifts or acts of service or time spent. If you did a hundred of each one of those, and you you have you know uh, five hundred different ways that you could you know share uh, um, you know the, the the five love languages, and if you did it once a week, you've got I don't know what ten years worth of exciting things you could do if you just sat down for a day or two and figured out what it would what it would look like to be doing something uh, amazing a hundred different ways to be amazing in that particular uh, love language for example. Um, oh, I think I get it. <laughs> okay, here's what's coming up for me. If I ask a man. What is he great at? He will tell you. If I ask a man what's wrong with him, he'll have a hard time figuring that out. If I ask a woman what's 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 messed up about her, she'll be talk she could talk for days. If I ask a woman what's great about her, she'd be like, Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> and so, you know, I'm over here having a conversation with you ladies about being able to create solutions and y'all are having a hard time with it. <laughs> Does that sound like it's uh, in the realm of reality for you? Um, I think that I think that you're on the right track there, Tony. I think that we're something's not hitting us. I think we got sideswiped like with the sex conversation because we're like, uh, uh, what? Um, like, huh? About sex? Mm-hmm. Now, for me personally, that's what was going on. But I'm starting to see now, like. Um, inspired for, um, you know, for that thing. Like, uh, if I did it, like, once a week, how could I, how could I, you know what I mean? It would be a bold act that I would do, like, once a week to to be basically committed and show him I love him, you know, even though instead of sitting around waiting for him to do it, you know, like, which I think women do do. We, we want him to take us out to dinner. We want him to initiate, you know, ignite. But it's not always happening that way. If he, if we're not like creating that great, like I've always, you know, that sort of ambiance, you know, and I've always sort of wondered like what it was that these French women had that I didn't have, you know, like what is it that they're doing that's like, you know? So I think that's what you're talking to about right now. Yeah, you'd be a rare, a rare jewel on the planet. 
Your man wouldn't be able to leave you alone if you actually knew how to do this one thing. This one thing that I'm talking about, which is turn your relationship into an experience rather than mm-hmm. a product service. Ah, uh, okay. So, Something so is co- go ahead. Question. So our premise is how to keep a man today? Well, listen, if you're going to be in the relationship of your dreams with the partner of your dreams, you need to be the partner of his dreams. Mm-hmm. Right? You mean you would think. And it's also kind of like, you know, how do you, how can you be extraordinary? I mean, you don't have to do these things, but how can you make it extraordinary and create great memories? Yeah. It's like, you know, a man a man wants to be with some woman that enhances his life so much that he can't even leave her alone. Men don't even know that's what they want. They're not conscious of it. They're not walking around with that. But what they are walking around with is like, damn, I love her so much, and, man, I can't do without her. I mean, she's just so amazing. I, I wouldn't even know what life is like without her. They want that. But they don't say that or necessarily think that. But if it shows up, <laughs> it's a wrap. Mm-hmm. So you want to be able to know how to do that because here's how men think in this realm. You ready? Men think that men think around stability, right? I talked about resources, protection, and stability. Those are the three things that men bring to the relationship that y'all love and want and need really bad. And so when we think of stability, we already told you we love you. We already gave you a wedding band or whatever it is that we did. Our mind hasn't changed. But you're wondering, do you still love me that way? How come you haven't told me in a while? So for us, we don't need to tell you a whole bunch of times because as soon as we don't, we will tell you. <laughs> we didn't say nothing. It's still the same. That's how men think, you understand. So I want you to really, like, absorb that. If we didn't uh, say could nothing, you repeat that again? Sorry. Yes, I'm going to. If we didn't say anything different than we love you or we like you or that was good, if we didn't say anything different, we still feel exactly the same way. Mm. After come guys be like, oh, but damn, didn't I tell you I loved you last year? <laughs> because they still love you like they did last year. They just don't feel like saying it. They got other things to do. They ain't trying to communicate. They're too busy doing stuff, you know? Mm. Okay. So, so if you're over there waiting for him to prove himself, He's wondering, why do I need to prove myself? I already saved myself. What are you talking about? <laughs> because, um, you know, in his world, life is the same as it was last year. Yeah, no, I, I have, like, a perfect example of that. Cause it's, yes. Uh, like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing this thing right now, and I'm like, I'm like, what? Does he still like me? Or what? Does he still like me? And he's like, Annie, I'm, mm-hmm. we're having sex. Annie, we're having sex, okay? I'm not going to go out and have sex with other people. It's like, go off. <laughs> yes, that's exactly the point. Y'all don't realize how stable we are because we, we, we direct, we're, we're direct, you know, and uh, we will tell you 
And then, we, you know, we've got sides like we start pulling away. But if the guy's not pulling away, he's not his business. You're having a good old time. Ain't nothing changed for him. He still loves you the same way he did when he first said it, the third time he said it, the 17th time he said it. He just ain't going to say it every day because he don't know that you, you, you have, you know, this ideal woman that keeps killing you off and, like, you know, well, what about now? But what about now? But what about now? I wish I could help shut that off. But the best thing I could do is if you're wondering, what about now? What about now? Rather than that, say, how can I blow his mind now? How can I blow his mind now? How can I blow his mm. mind now? That's this conversation. Rather than asking him, does he still care about you? Does he still love you? Does he still want you? Do something that makes him irresistible, makes, it, it makes you irresistible. That's what this conversation is about. It makes sense now. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Every time you, every time you're like, oh my God, I wonder, I wonder. No, do something so that he could be like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Damn, thanks, or whatever. <laughs> and then, see, here's the other thing. Here's two more things. When you're blowing his mind with these, with this skill set here that you're getting right now, he's gonna feel successful, and he's gonna be grateful, and then he's gonna do something back because he can't not do it. Hmm. You know, Tony. Yes. Sorry, this is Deb. I have to go soon, but I have to say that last Thursday, like you, you just said that he's going to do something back because he can't not, and that women provide vulnerability to a relationship. Yes. Holy shit, good call. So I went on a date last Saturday, and because of our of of our um, conversation last Thursday, and because I had that aha moment, I just expressed myself more, and he totally opened up. He did exactly what you said he would do because. Before, I used to be like, does he like me, this and that. And I was just like, I like you. I gave him, like, all these kisses. And, like, I was totally myself. And he, like, totally ate it up. Because I was, I get a little shy in the very beginning if it's someone new. And I was like, wow. You know, like, I usually like somebody to show me first. And I realized that's not how it goes. So it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you let a man know he's winning. He will continue. Listen, you, you, you just watch a five-year-old kid, a six-year-old kid. They give him a teacher an apple. The teacher says, yeah, he thinks. He brings an apple the next day. Because he won, and he wants to win again. Hmm. Okay, everyone, have a wonderful evening. I've got to go to class. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Let's just sit the rest of this later. Bye. <laughs> so um, rather than doubt and wonder, take action. Take the initiative and make it so. Otherwise, you're just a victim of your own worry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Got it. And here's okay, another thing. You should write that one down. Say that again? You really ought to write that one down. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to record this, read, listen to the recording and say it again. All right. I, yeah, and hear it. Okay, fine. I'll take your, I'll take your advice. That was brilliant. Yeah, so so um you 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 don't want to sit around waiting and wondering do something about it. See because you're over there waiting for him to do this, why you can't do it. If he don't know to do it cuz he's not a mind reader, right? Mhm. Um, then then you know, and you have the capacity to do something and you love him good. See here's another thing. here's another thing. See if you love your man to pieces and he doesn't You'll be sad, but you'll be happy that you found out sooner than later. Because in relationships, 
the sooner you get bad news, the better that news is. Mm. So there's no need to withhold. You want to show them who you really are and be fully self-expressed and be fully generous with him and be fully loving because that's how you feel about him. And if he doesn't feel the same way, then you want to know that on the first date, the 14th date, the sooner the better. I'm telling you, you want it sooner the better. You don't want to put it off. You don't want to worry. You don't want to manipulate and try to squeeze him around and change his mind. No. You want him to be happy with you or not happy with you as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. The sooner you get bad news, the better that news really is. Mm-hmm. The more good it is. Because now you ain't got to deal with that. Now you, you have the space to go be with somebody that, you, that, that really wants to be with you. That's looking for you. Because so, a lot of times, y'all ladies, y'all are great at, you know, improving men. So y'all want to change them and like you the way you want them to like you. No. Get somebody that likes you the way they, they, you want them to like you already without you having to fix them. Mm. And if you got to fix a guy, chances are he ain't the guy. Not really. He's like 90% the guy or 75% the guy. Wow. This is helpful. Thank you so much. Man, I'm not fixing guys. Partner with guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I make my family wrong because you guys know I'm from India and the tradition is they suggest someone and they keep doing that. I am pissed off at the kind of people they send the information they send. I'm like, no way, it's not happening. And I feel bad that they are sending people to me and I'm not liking any of them. But this gives me so much freedom. And I know that it's not going to happen with somebody because he doesn't meet some of the standards I have. So instead of wasting my time and their time, even though it's going to be bad news to my family, I better give the bad news early than take some time and then give the bad news slowly. Yeah. And I wanted to say something about the earlier conversation. May I? Go for it. Okay, so something clicked in my mind. What I really got present to is I gave up on providing a good experience to people uh, when my sister moved out of our house. Mm. So... I remember uh, it was one of her birthdays. We both were in school, and until she got married, she was my best friend, and she was everything who I could tell, and she was irreplaceable until she got married. And I was really mad when my brother-in-law came in. She once Hmm. hung up on my phone call, and she said, okay, I have to go because your brother-in-law is calling. That's my husband. I got to go now. I I was so mad. I was like, some somebody comes in and now you're leaving me. I understand that she has to be with her husband and things have changed. And since then, I have never done anything for anybody 
like for one of her birthdays i was giving her gifts every hour and i was making sure all her friends celebrate her birthday i was planning a lot of stuff so that she surprised every minute and she was i made her like a queen and i didn't do that to anybody after that either mm. my ego or my i was hurt i was like okay Mm. It well, could be both my ego and also like ah, I don't feel like doing it for anyone. You made me present to that, mm. and uh. I don't feel like making anyone special. Like when somebody asks me to cook or make something for them, I show so much resistance. I'm like, okay, that is too much of good experience for you. I I don't want to do that. I'm not doing it. Like my friends, they gave up when multiple times they asked me to cook or do something or host a party at my place. They said they'll all come. I think this is what was coming up in the background for me. That I used to do that. Now I gave up on doing that for people. I I'm not doing that. No matter how much you beg or how much you ask for it. Well, I'm glad you're sharing that now, so you can stop doing that. Yeah, that showed up. Like the last time I made someone feel so special was for my sister's birthday. After that, I never made anyone feel that special. Mm-hmm. Even when I was dating my ex, at one point I was thinking maybe I should cook, but the maximum I made him was some omelette. And then I was like, "Ah, okay, it's fine. We are going to eat out anyway, so there'll be better food." But he would have felt even special when I made something, even though it was not from a great restaurant, or even though I'm not an amazing chef. Mm. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm going to summarize this section. Mm-hmm. so that you could get it and this is going to be part of your assignment. So, in summary, the five greatest things y'all bring to relationships. I want you to make a list of 10 things for each. And what you're going to make that the 10 things you're going to be is how could you leave a man better than you found him and have him be on an emotional high afterwards. So I want you to create 10 things around sex, 10 things around emotionalism, 10 things around encouragement, 10 things around beauty, 10 things around vision. How are you going to blow his mind, leave him better than you found him, have his heart falling out of his chest cuz he can't believe that's what happened? Could you, you do write that. that down for us, please? Could you uh, send that in an email? Uh, I will. And also the previous point, somebody said I should write that down. I forgot what it was. Could you also include that in the email? Uh, I might include that in the email or put it in a in a in another one afterwards because I I don't want to hold up the assignment for me to go and listen to the recording to find it. But I will do both. Okay, thank you. All right. So you are so generous. Thank you so much.
Well, I'm committed that you're getting it. You know what I mean? I'm I'm, I'm doing my best to leave y'all with an experience that you know is blowing your mind. You know, I'm, I'm doing my best to be an example of that and and, and trying since this program started. I don't know how well I'm doing, but I'm I'm doing my best. You know. <laughs> If I gotta keep raising the level, okay, fine, I'll raise the levels. <laughs> no, you're you you're doing a good job. You are. Woohoo. Yeah, I hope this is I'm unforgettable is what this is what I'm trying to do here. Now, um I just wanna say that we got started at uh about five forty five as opposed to the normal time because I was, you know, searching around looking for people and that stuff before we get started. So uh we may need to go seven fifteen just so we have the full 90 minutes, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm, we may not, so we'll see. I just want to put that in. I'll check in with you uh, in a half hour, which went at 7 o'clock, so it's like 6.32, uh, according to my, my, car, my um, computer here. But I'm on to the next topic now. Um, anybody got any quick, something, something quick they want to say in, in closing before I move on to the next topic? No, it's, All right. All right. it's going great All right. so far. All right, good, good, good. All right, next. Next. So you want to know whether or not the man you're dealing with um, can fit into your life and then you can fit into his. Mm-hmm. So, um, so here are your five questions you want to be asking yourself. I'm sending this in an email, too, so you all got to write it down. But, you know, this is a discussion. So the five things are you want to recognize what his life is about. Then you also want to him to recognize what your life is about. He needs to be able to recognize what your life is about. Mm-hmm. Then you want to be able to determine whether his life is worth you fitting yourself into. That's the third thing. The fourth uh, thing. Could is, you repeat that? Yeah. That was the second. No, the first one is you got to recognize what what his life is about. Mhm. That's the first one. The second one is he needs to be able to recognize what your life is about. Oh, okay. Mhm. The second. The third is you need to determine whether his life worth you fitting yourself into. Is it like what? Yeah. yeah, let me say it again. You need to determine whether his life is worth you fitting yourself into. Mm. Do you like his life enough that you want to be in his life? Ah. Uh. Like what he does for a living, where he lives, how he lives, you know, all of that. He's got a life. Do you would would you be okay living that life with him, fitting yourself into his life? Mm-hmm. Fourth, is he willing to fit himself into your life? It's <laughs> cute. <laughs> And then the fifth question is, how can you fit into his life? Mm 
Mm-hmm. In other words, is it possible? What's it going to look like on it? What are you going to have to give up? What are you going to have to do, invent, whatever? That's part of is it, is it how, you know, whether it's worth it or not. But then there's a logistical thing called how, you know? Mm. So you want to be looking at this when you're dating somebody because this is beyond the infatuation stage, you know. You could be crazy about a guy, he's crazy about you, but he don't want you near his his kids mm-hmm. for a long time, if ever, right? Does that work for you or not? Is he somebody that you wouldn't want around your kids because he's like, mm. you know, so you, you got to look at your whole life and see whether or not it's worth you two combining lives together. You don't have to ask him. You just got to keep your eyes open and use this as a checklist for doing that. You know, you know, for example, is he willing to fit himself into your life? You know, you invite him into your life and see how quickly he jumps or how many excuses he's got or what hurdles he's got to overcome or, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, most people bump up against this, but they don't know or think about it, neither men nor women. Huh. They just kind of like, you, they kind of, yeah, go ahead. How could you repeat that? I didn't get it. I said most men and women don't ask themselves these questions. They just jump into a relationship as if everything's going to magically turn out. Mm. They don't think through what needs to happen. Mm. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta consciously work on this stuff because it's gonna affect you later, you know? Yeah. I had a girlfriend in the 1990s. I loved her to pieces, man. I mean, when we had sex, we wasn't even having sex. Our our spirits left our bodies and watched our bodies have sex. It was was that intimate. And, you know, it was like she could read my mind. We had a mental telepathy relationship. She was gorgeous. When we were alone together... She couldn't resist me. It was crazy. She was drop-dead gorgeous. And then when she was around her kids, I was like, um, you know, I was like uh, abandoned. <laughs> you know, it's like, you can't be around my kids. What? Uh, and then my ex-wife, she wouldn't let me have her around our kids. So it was, you know, like I, we couldn't make our lives fit together. It just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Funny, with my ex-wife, my first ex-wife, uh, we fit into each other's lives perfectly, easy. You know, we didn't we didn't like the way each other thought and did things, but living together was relatively easy. You know, we blended families, we blended habits, activities. You know, like the living together part was easy. It was the getting along part and understanding each other part and being on the same page part. That was hard. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you want to look at what's it going to take to actually be together. 
more than just dating, if that's what you want. But this is one of the ways to qualify men. Annie, you ain't saying nothing. What's going on? You on mute? So, who, me, Annie? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, no, this is great. Great information. Yeah. All right, I'm just checking in. I ain't heard of you in a while, so I'm just checking in, you know. I'm here. I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm on my way to an event, and it begins at 7, so I'll be, like, okay. leaving at 7. But I right. am listening. All right. Very, very cool. Um, that was actually pretty quick. I, didn't, I thought it was going to take maybe as long as the last conversation, so... Uh, <laughs> I thought the last conversation was going to go a lot quicker than it went. But, and so, hey, you know, you never know. Um, does anybody have any questions about what that is? I mean, it's just a checklist, but it's an extremely valuable checklist, you know? I think it's very valuable because um, it's very easy to meet someone and then, you know, how women are, you kind of think that everyone you meet and be with for a little while is the one. You know, and you don't have to walk into that anymore, and you really need to be conscious. You need, you need to um, weigh it out, and these are great yeah. ways of weighing it out, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I want to touch on something on the previous conversation called making relationship experience, managing relationship experiences. See, guys don't bring emotionalism to relationships, so if you don't bring it, it ain't going to be showing up. You understand? Okay. Guys don't bring romance. Guys will be romantic because you blew their mind. So can you give us an example of how we would bring emotionalism to the relationship? Well, just, just giggling and having shiny eyes is enough for most men. <laughs> but, you know, you got your assignment where you're going to create ten things around, you know, those five areas. So you got some more research to do. But, you know, what are you going to do to have him be like, you know, teary-eyed every time he thinks about you because he's so touched by the last, you know, defining moment y'all created together, right, or something like that. So, uh, but I just wanted to let you know that it's important that you know how to do this because most men don't know how to do this. Except for players and former players, nobody else knows how to do this stuff. <laughs> so when you meet somebody that knows how to do it, they're probably a player? Or a former player, a former player. Oh, okay. Uh, a what player? A reformed former player. Oh, now that's a huge distinction right there. I mean, I never even thought about that. Yeah, players know how to do all of this emotionalism because they, they watch y'all and see that's what works and, you know, y'all like it. And so we give it to you, right? But, you know, if if he doesn't, if he hasn't, you know, grown up, right? So we went over the top, the 10 ways to tell if a man is mature or not, right? So if he's into winning as opposed to success, then, you know, he's just playing because he's not including you in the success. But if he is about success, he's still got the skill set of being a player, so he still knows how to woo you and all that stuff, but most men don't have that skill set. So if you, depending on a man to be that way, you're mislabeling men, and so you need to bring the wow so that he's so inspired by your wow, he brings the wow as a reaction, but not because he's a starter. Guys don't think that way. We're too busy trying to do stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Caveman. 
Yes. <laughs> but you like cavemen. <laughs> you know, you want to be taken by a caveman. Uh, once in a while, you want somebody to grab you by the ankle, drag you across the bed, and then just own you. Yeah, yeah. I hear that laughter recognition there. I'm, I'm, I'm hip. I'm, I'm, I'm wise to you, woman. <laughs> you know, with that in a distinction, the uh, givers and takers. Y'all like takers. Yeah. Yeah, you like it. You know, not every single minute of every single day, but you like it. You know. So, all right. Um. So, y'all have any questions about that? Because if you don't, I'm gonna move on to the next thing. Uh, I have a question. Go. Okay. So you said. Um bring emotionalism but at the same time we should not be too much of nagging or okay this is confronting to me being emotional and saying oh my god I love this or this is so touchy this is wonderful that sounds too girly to me and I don't do those kind of things I would genuinely appreciate if he did something and I don't like to nag or cry at things. And so can you explain how to bring emotionalism if those are gone out of my scope? Well, then you might not have the right guy. But, see, you'll just you'll do the assignment. If you have a trouble, you'll listen to the other women. If you still have trouble, then we'll talk. Oh. It's not that complicated because you've done it, you've seen it. Listen, you want to figure this out? Here's what you do. You watch a couple of episodes of the Bill Cosby show. You watch how Claire takes care of Heathcliff. You'll start getting some ideas. Flirting is a good start. Mm. Okay. And... Uh, I have to be open about something. I am in this a state where I'm like, oh, my God, this is all too troublesome, and I don't know if I can do this. And that's why my questions and my participation is like this today. I'm kind of disempowered, I would say, in that aspect. But I'm present to it, and I'm listening. Okay, good. Awesome. All right, so um, I am going to now start on the relationship standards. I'm not going to get through all of them, but I am going to start with the ladies, your standards. Uh, You have six. Um, Six rules that you must honor um, in order to have you taking care of him in the relationship. Um, So, um, and then next week I'm going to talk about his standards. He's got to take care of you. And then I'm going to talk about the relationship standards that you both need to honor. But I'm going to start with you so y'all can sit with it next week. I will review it next week. And, uh, you know, we'll go through the whole thing. Um, And like that. All right, great. So, um, for ladies, I'm going to say them real quick, and then I'm going to say it again slower. So, uh, ladies, your, your, your six commandments, I'm calling these the six commandments. Number one, in no particular order, 
stay on his team. In other words, don't be quitting and then coming back and then bailing and then coming back and all of that stuff. No, you stay on his team. You want to have this relationship work, you cannot bail on him. Number one. Number two, never use sex as a weapon. I don't think y'all are going to do that. Anyhow, listening to y'all, I think y'all committed to, like, you know, not doing that. But nevertheless, never, never, never use sex as a weapon. He will never forget it, even if he only did it once. Promise you. Mm-hmm. Uh, manage your feelings. In other words, feel stuff, no emotional outbursts. You can feel as deeply and as strongly as you want. You just can't beat them up with your feelings. Number four. Don't make him wrong. Boy, maybe you should just have one commandment. Don't make him wrong. Uh, number five, always bring your A game. And and that means that you're always doing your best. And, you know, you don't have the excuse of I'm tired or I don't feel like it. You always give your best. You give the same kind of best that you want from him, you give to him. You give to mm-hmm. him, you give to yourself. You give to the relationship. You don't hold him to a different standard than you hold yourself to. And then last is leave him alone. <laughs> leave him alone means when he's by himself and he's sitting there pondering, he's in his man. He's trying to be doing what he would do in his man cave without going in the man cave. But if you bother him, he's going in the man cave because he got to be left alone. So men need alone. So. All right, so now I'm going to take it from the top again. Um, Stay on his team. You cannot be moody, back and forth, giving him a hard time, ignoring him, and then coming back later and say, oh, honey, I apologize. You can do that once or twice, but after the third time, you're full of shit. He's going to be looking at you like, I can't trust her for nothing. Mm-hmm. Next time, there'll be another time she'll do that shit and fuck that. And I'm cursing intentionally because that's what he's going to be thinking. Fuck that, fuck that, fuck that, fuck shit, shit, fuck that. That's what you're going to be thinking. I can't trust her. She ain't on my team. She want me to be committed. She ain't committed. What the hell is that? Hypocrite. So if you love this person you're committed to the relationship working, you stay on this team, even when you think he's not staying on your team, until, in your mind, the relationship is over or one of you die. That's it. The relationship don't work, you don't stay. But you, when you take yourself off the team, you leave the team. Like, you leave the relationship. You don't abandon and, and alienate and withhold and pull yourself away. and You don't do all that stuff. Come back. You know, you, you don't do that. You got to see what you're committed to, remember what you're committed to, and stay committed. That's about the, the, you would as somebody who's committed. That's number one. Number two. Never use sex as a weapon. I think you all already kind of understand that. Even if you've done it before, you do understand that that sucks and it don't work. And if he wanted to have, you wanted to have sex with him and he did it to you, you'd be pissed, 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 pissed. Right? Yeah. <laughs> One out of three ain't bad. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, next. You can't be having emotional outbursts. you got to manage your feelings. Nobody says you can't feel what you feel. You just can't beat him up with your feelings. And y'all don't know that you're beating man up with your feelings because you're feeling so scared or you're feeling so upset or you're feeling so insecure or you're feeling so shocked 
so disappointed that you. I can't believe it. Just the sound of the voice will make us want to run away. We don't even have to hear the words. Just that high-pitched emotional is enough for us to say, we failed, we're in fucking trouble. We don't even have to hear what you're saying. We probably have to think can't hear it because we're too busy to scared. Your emotional outburst sounds like our emotional outburst. When you all scream and rant and rave, it sounds like we're screaming and ranting and raving to you. So if you could imagine, we walk up to you and say, the fuck you doing? Your heart is going to stop. You won't even be able to breathe. That's how your screaming and emotional outburst sounds to us. We just know that we can't, we, we know we can't beat you up, and we know you can't beat us up. But we know you're going to set us up to fail. You're going to hold back sex. You're going to make us wrong. We can't win with you. We know bad things are coming after you scream and ran rave. We know bad things are coming. We just don't know what they are because we can't imagine thinking what you think. We know bad things are coming. And we know we can't do nothing about it. Go ahead. So now I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that this is correct because um, I wasn't necessarily the screaming and ranting type of woman, but I was told that you don't do that, but you still you still are being that, um, I'm going to just say emotional um, witch uh-huh. without the screaming and the ranting. So What'd you I do? The look? You gave, you gave him the look? Um, or the silent treatment. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the same thing. Just silent. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing. It's like watching somebody explode on TV, but you turn the sound off. You muted muted the phone. It's still you can tell it's <laughs> volume has nothing to do with it. Okay, okay, I I I, I, I know it's the same. Yeah. Okay. You certainly are not leaving them better than you found them. That's the dog on short. Oh, that doesn't work. You can't do that. You can be feeling what you're feeling. You just can't take it out on them or vomit so, on them. Need help here because yeah. you know there's certain things that you do get upset about. You get angry, and and um, or something like in, that you consider is insulting, and you're putting up a boundary about it. So, how do you deal with that? Negotiation. Hmm. Okay, this is what happened here. I really ain't like it. I'm never going to like it. Here's what I need from you. How can you give it to me? What do you need from me? Let's work this Look at it as a structural issue versus an emotional incident. And negotiate. Thank you. Simple as that. It really is as simple as that. Any questions, anybody else? No, right. that was a good question. And Excellent question. Uh, yeah. I See, when you're negoti- that. Yeah. See, when you're negotiating, you're actually having a conversation about making something happen. The mm-hmm. other thing is just about feeling better sooner. 
the negotiation is about feeling better permanent. So negotiate. Calm down. Be like, okay, I really ain't like this. I need you to know I ain't like this. Um, we need to do something about this. What can we do, and what do you need from me so I can make it easy for you to do that if necessary? Negotiation. Create no. workability, it sounds like, too. Say it again. Creating workability. Yes, that's exactly what's happening because you're having an emotional outburst 90% of the time around a lack of workability. Mm-hmm. Just put it in. Mm-hmm. All right, next. Don't make them wrong. Don't make them wrong. Make a difference. Don't make them wrong, make a difference. So you either, you either let, leave him alone, you, you invite him to, to learn, you point him in the right direction, you leave him hints around the house like a newspaper article about this thing that just happened that you want him to learn about. Like, you got to learn how to throw subtle hints. But, like, like a, news, a newspaper is a hint. But you might need to find, you might need to pay attention to how he listens, what he listens to, and start working from there. You know, it's funny, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, studying this program called uh, Content Strategies for Professionals. It's like how to communicate, you know, your sales pitch, your mission and your vision, your intentions, you know, to your constituents, your employees. How do you do it? What format? What's the tone of your voice? What, what tool, your platform you're using it on? What time of the day is the best time to deliver it to them on that particular platform? So, you know, you want to start looking at your man, your relationship, that kind of way. All the elements is going to have you be like, okay, this works. I'm glad I put this on a recording because I don't know if I can even repeat what I just said, um, but I'm really asking you all to listen to this because, you know, men and women, y'all, we all have our unique way of doing things. Some people like text. Some people like phone calls. Some people like email. So, you know, it depends on what they need, you know, from it, a blog post, a newsletter, whatever. So you want to look and see what kind of format of communication he's going to need so that you can make a difference rather than making them wrong. Hmm. Uh, okay. I want to say something. Uh, this one would apply to any situation and any, um, I mean, even women, I would see. Uh, that's what I've been uh, experiencing since my participation in ILP. So you always ask this question, what's missing, the presence of which would make a difference? Yes. That's <laughs> so true. Awesome. Thank you for putting that in. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Think- and, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. and it's surprising, like this morning... I'm at work and um, I sit right next to a different team and those guys are running amok crazy since yesterday. And there is somebody sometimes I feel like, ah, okay, you are in trouble. <laughs> this is fun to watch. But now I'm thinking like some my IL mind is coming and I'm like, oh, what what's happening? Like why are those guys in trouble? Who what could they have done differently so that they're not going crazy? I'm surprised at myself. I'm like, wow, you are not happy that somebody is in trouble. Instead, you are thinking, what could you do to make a difference? Or 
just the reflections how this would be different i'm not making anyone wrong in that and that gave me so much peace yeah so bring that to your romantic relationships yeah because he would be so grateful because you would only do that we already know you would only do that with somebody that you like love trust admire think is your hero or your yeah. partner or so just by the fact that you won't make him wrong when he makes mistakes and he does do stupid things because he's going to do stupid things. He's human. He ain't a genius. Even if he is, he's a genius in one area, not all. So, you know, don't make him wrong. Make a difference. Yeah. Great. Wow. Next. Next. Uh, I know, Andy, you got to go in a minute. That's why I'm trying to move along kind of quick while you're on the call here. But um, always bring your A game. Don't be lazy. Don't be a victim. Don't be an uh, entitlement uh, person like an heiress. You know, like like bring your best. Give your best. Mm-hmm. You know, y'all women don't know that y'all are leaders. The reason why y'all don't know you're leaders is because you're too busy waiting for guys to manage life and to, 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 to be out front and to take the initiative. But y'all are leaders. We happily follow you. One of the things that's amazing about men is that we respect leadership. We respect when somebody's leading because we know at some point they're doing a great job and we, we admire leadership. We'll learn from that leadership and we know that we're likely going to be a leader and people are going to follow us. So we don't have a problem with somebody being in charge because, you know, tomorrow we'll probably be in charge. We're okay with that. We take turns being in charge. So we respect the leadership and we surrender to leadership unless we don't like the leader because that leader sucks or we don't trust that leader. But leadership as a concept, we love and respect it and honor it because we know somebody got to be in charge of something. That's how we're going to get stuff done. Hmm. And so for us, leadership is, is, is an opportunity to be more effective, whether we're leading or you're leading. So if you're leading the relationship from the emotional side, then you're doing a tremendous service, and we will follow you if you're leading responsibly. Mm. But if if you're not being responsible, you're not bringing your A game, we don't want to lead you. We're not going to lead you. We're going to run away because you won't let us take care of you and you're not going to be standing up and, 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 you know, managing stuff. So, you know, doing whatever needs to be done. So bring your A game. You'll inspire him to bring his. He'll, you'll, you'll allow him to bring his. You'll give him the room to bring his because – He'll be like, listen, she's doing her best. I got to give my best. It's like it just, it just, it's like you're watching a child give their best to trying to walk. You support them fully. You stay there. You give them your best, you know? And, like, we don't see you as children. We're in the world of protection and honor and all that stuff. We will take care of you the same way you take care of children because we know that we're our job. It's like it's our DNA. But if you're going to be lazy and, 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 and moody and, and all of that stuff, then we don't think you care. And then, you know, we'll start, you'll be setting an example. Mm. We'll just do what you do to some degree. It's, so it, um, it's great you mentioned that because from the conversation we had in the first half, I got that sense, like, men want women to be leaders, like, transform the experience into 
a fabulous one. Uh, the example you gave with your um, ex-girlfriend, I was like, okay, so are you saying you want us to be leaders? And when you summarized it, it answered my question. Okay. Yeah, y'all are natural leaders anyhow because y'all are always thinking about tomorrow. When I said, you know, one of the areas that y'all y'all bring that we don't is vision, you're seeing tomorrow. You're looking at what the relationship's going to look like in 30 years. You're already thinking that before you even, got, before even, you even said I do for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. So, and, and y'all lead in the area of emotions. And, by the way, just to let you know, the person with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship for at least as long as they're in the world with the strongest emotions. Um, could you repeat that? Your voice was breaking. Yes. Um, the person with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship for at least as long as they have the strongest emotions. Yeah, makes sense. So women usually have stronger emotions than men, certainly express stronger and so that puts you all in charge because we're all, the person with the strongest emotions needs to be taken care of because they got the stronger emotions, whether it's because they're, the, they're more loving or they're more scared. The world moves around their emotions. Yeah. So, so since you bring emotionalism to relationships and men don't, you're in charge of the emotions. If the emotions are not going well, that's because you're not leading. You're not leading well. Mm. Exactly. You want to be feeling great? You need to teach him how to have you feel great. You need to show him how he could feel great. Your world is the world of feelings. His world is the world of protection, stability, reliability, safety, and security. Y'all are a partnership. You give him joy, he gives you safety. You're a partnership. That's the partnership. Hmm. Okay, something... Uh, from the traditional background comes to my mind. Okay. Um, so, until my parents' generation, how it used to be was the women um, cook, they take care of the house, they um, provide everything to their husband, uh, like, the husband comes home really tired, they make him relax, make good food, and take care of kids. Basically, they are providing all the comfort. And what the men ideally are supposed to do is they go out for work, bring home income, so that the woman and her kids have a place to live in rain or snow or storm, anywhere. She could send her kids to school, and as a family, they are all respected. So, in that model, the man is providing safety and woman is providing joy and 
it yep. it complements like it goes in an unbreakable circle like okay every yep. morning man feels happy and joyful so he goes to work and he brings more resources and woman she feels safe she provides more joy and goes on and on forever yeah and that may not be the case right now yeah, yeah. women would still bring joy but i have to figure out like how would i bring joy because i work too and how would he bring safety and security other than financial safety to me and that big the success begins with me like i bring joy and he is successful at making me safe and secure and that's how my relationship would go then excellent excellent observation let me say something else on top of that uh-huh. see um in addition to understanding men mhm why this program it's mm-hmm. also an opportunity for you to understand you Mm. When you know you inside and out, it's easy to see through anybody else. Uh, A lot of what that again? I said as it, um, when you know you inside and out, it mm-hmm. becomes easy to see right through other people. Because mm-hmm. when people have a difference of opinion, you can hear how different their opinion is from yours. And so you could be able to really pinpoint where they're coming from. You won't be like, I don't agree with that. You'll be like, oh, that's different from mine. Let me really tune in. Because hmm. you won't have to defend yourself, and you won't have to wonder why and what and all of that stuff. You'll be so busy grounded in you that you will be able to now start grounding yourself in others or giving people the space to get grounded in and through you. So you talking about discovering how you bring emotionality and feelings to the relationship without mm-hmm. cooker and the cleaner of the house is brilliant because that's what you should do if that's what you're going to do. You got to find out what works for you, who you really are, so that the person that's been looking at you will rec- looking for you all his life will find you and won't <laughs> let you go because you're finally you. Wow, this is like the golden nugget. Now I have to figure out how I could bring joy. Yeah, but like how you bring joy, not how you think you're supposed to or how women are supposed to, how you bring it. So Yeah, that's the question. Yeah. I mean, that's what brought me to this point in my life. I saw my mom, all my aunts who... For all uh, wives, stay-at-home wives, housewives. And I saw them, and I'm like, no, this is not what I want to be. I want to be something else. And I grew up, I went to school, I got education in a different country, I got a job, and I like this. And yeah. every time I look at my mom and my sister, I'm like, I'm not like them. And right. That scares me whenever I think of a relationship or a marriage. I'm like, I have no idea how I'll do this. 
and oh, I have to be an inquiry. Yeah. I said now's your opportunity. You, you know, you said you have to be in an inquiry, but I'm saying now's your opportunity to figure it out. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So I got a younger brother. He's 12 years younger than me. He did the landmark form. I did my I, I did my landmark form. I signed, I registered for my landmark form in his evening session in in 1999. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did landmark form before me. Then he did the advanced course before me, and then we did the self expression leadership program together. Mm-hmm. And um, there was numerous memorable moments, multiple, but this one in particular. A brother ain't much of a talker, but he was a Mr. Nice Guy. And mm. one day he got on stage in front of everybody, and he started um, complaining and bitching and moaning and putting people in their place for, lose, for, for lacking integrity, for not doing what they say, for not doing their assignments, for all of this stuff. And he's in front of the room. This is the first time he was on stage, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was like two thirds through the program, mm. and he was he was drilling into the room, the participants in it were drilling, and then he shut up. And then, you know what happened next? You know what the people in the room did? You know what they did? Guess what they Clap. did? They clapped. Mm. They gave him a standing ovation. You know why? Because that's who he really is. He's a hard-ass ball buster, but that's his who he's born to be. And he's been that ever since. Tough guy. 12 years younger than me, I'll mess with him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I will not mess with my brother, Kwame. God bless him. Love him. <laughs> I can beat him up, you know. He's, he's fat and he's out of shape, and, you know, he never really took on the exercise. So, I mean, I can beat him up, but I'm not messing with him because I, I, just, I just love who he is, you know? <laughs> 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 he's what told me that me and him and my brother, we got another brother, uh, uh, Ray. He said, you know, if we was we could be a team together. We was a team. We'd have to be a security team. And how it would go was, Tony, you'd be the negotiator. You'd be the first one. And then I'd be the enforcer. And then Ray, he'd be the executioner because he, he ain't taking no shots. He, he executes and he would do it with a smile. A guy won't even know he's about to get killed. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> But he still receives us. He knows who we are. You know what I mean? So it's, um, you know, you, when you get a chance to know who you are, it's almost like you just met God again. It's really that beautiful and that profound. And I invite you to do that because when you find out who you are, you become that, you start taking that on and, and being that, everyone else gets to see that part of God in you too. Mm-hmm. This is why they clap. And the man of your dreams will find you, he'll see you, and he won't know how to leave you alone because <laughs> he's just seeing you being you, and you ain't even got to do nothing but be you. That's the funny part. All you got to do is be you. But you got to trust that you are enough. You Actually, you have to trust that you are way more than enough. Mm. That's so, so great. You know, yep. Um, I say, I mean, um, I think of one conversation I had with my ex um, after he broke up with me. A month later, we both met, and I was, I was okay, one month old in the breakup, and um, 
he was asking me, okay, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm all right. Not so great, but I'm okay. And then I got really mad and I looked at him in the eye and I said, so tell me the real reason why you broke up. And uh, he was like, see, these are the reasons. And then I asked him, do you like me or were you just hanging out with me? He said, I really enjoyed being with you. And I never had to pretend anything or... I never had to say things like, I like coffee, even though I don't like coffee. So I felt so much free and at my own self. So that could be one thing, What I, how I bring joy to a relationship. Like, I let him be himself and he did not have to pretend anything. Yeah. That's the best relationship, when you just so be yourself. And that person wants exactly the way you're being. Otherwise, you're just you're just sending in your representative because you don't think you're enough. Hmm. See, eventually you're gonna show up anyhow, even if it takes a year for you for real you to show up. And then you're gonna be like, well, wait a minute, what happened to the person that you know, I, I, I thought I was with? <laughs> he was a myth. <laughs> Yeah. Don't always get a caterpillar, not a butterfly. No, he thought he was getting a butterfly, got a caterpillar. <laughs> so, anyhow, <laughs> so anyhow, I want to say this last thing, and then I want to let that be the conversation we start with next week. Uh, the mm-hmm. last thing that women need to do is to leave him alone when he's upset, when he needs to be alone. Mm-hmm. So... I'll, I'll just say this real quick, and then I'm going to wrap it up, or at least I'll stop the recording. Um, DMX said it best. Uh, DMX had a song, Rough Riders. That was his first hit, right? Uh, who is no, this? No. DMX? DMX. He has a rapper. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he had a song called uh, Rough Riders. No, it wasn't Rough Riders. It was, uh, what's the name of it? Uh, uh, stop, Drop. Shut them down, open up shop. Uh-oh, uh-oh. This is our Rough Riders. Oh, yeah, it was Rough Riders. That's the name of the song. Okay, so he had a, he had a line that perfectly fits. Leave, him, leave a man alone. Leave him alone. He says, give a dog a bone. Let a dog, uh, uh, leave a dog alone. Give a dog a bone. Let a dog roam, and he'll find his way home. I was like, damn, that was strong. Give a dog a bone, leave a dog alone, let a dog roam, and he'll find his way home. That's He's describing men. Let, give men what they need, you know, if you know what they need. Leave them alone. They're going to move around a little bit, but they promise if you leave them alone and you, the last time they was with you, you left them with an amazing space, they are coming home. Because there ain't no better place to come home to. Ain't no better place to be. For a man, home is either the best place to be or the worst place to be. And you get to say. So um, I'm going to leave the recording here at that. Uh, I'm going to start next week with this thing here, leaving leave a man alone, because I know how hard this is. Oh, my God. Y'all over there be like, does he like me? 
Does he still like me? What's he doing? What do you mean by that? And then you can't leave him alone because you're too insecure and too wound up wondering about this. <laughs> and so I'm going to teach y'all how to leave a dog alone, give a dog a ball, let the dog roam so he can find his way home. There you go. So uh, I'm not even going to ask y'all if y'all want any, uh, have anything to say in, in, in closing because I'm going to stay on the phone for a few minutes but I'm going to end the recording, all right? Okay. Yeah. Very cool. There we go. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.